Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox welcoming you back to our five-part exploration of Nick Gallo's 100 Book Challenge, where we've selected five of the books that Nick has read over the past year, and we're going to talk about it. Nick, of course, is the Chief Servant Officer at Compliance Line. So, Nick, welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Glad to be here, man. So, Nick, today we're going to take up Influence by Robert Cialdini. If I could ask maybe uh, what uh, attracted you to want to read this book? I'm fascinated by like the human mind, how we make decisions, and I'm fascinated by this dissonance between how we think we make decisions and how we actually make them, right? We think we're these rational beings that get all these inputs and they go into our brain and a bunch of ones and zeros are calculated and then we spit out the sort of objective, logical answer and that's what we do. When in actuality, we're really these sort of like emotional bags of flesh that are trying to like wrap rationality around our our emotional decisions. So this whole thing about influence to me is just super interesting. I think, you know, a lot of the books I read this year were about influence. How do you get people to change their minds? And I'm doing that for a couple of reasons. One, we're pushing a lot of change in our, our own organization. So how does this process of getting someone to comply with a new way, a new vision or whatever, how does that actually work in the hearts and minds that we're trying to affect? In our marketplace, we're trying to disrupt it. And so there's a lot of people who, you know, we think we can help and I think we have good solutions. But part of our challenge is like, you know, no one gets fired for going with IBM. There's some of that dynamic in our marketplace. So how do we drive that influence forward? And lastly, I have this kind of banner, this sort of cause that I'm trying to push for that we at Compliance Line are trying to push for. And you're you're obviously pushing for, Tom. We're kind of singing from the same song sheet. And that is elevating ethics and compliance from this cost center thing to something that's actually the strategic lever that you and I and others in this space see that it can be and have seen it be in you know the right circumstances. So in doing that, in achieving that goal, things need to be done differently, meaning that people need to look at situations differently and act differently. And so in order to kick those things off without co- coercion, there needs to be some influence in the mix. So I'm just kind of fascinated by this. What does it take to change someone's mind? What cognitive errors do we make? what irrationality is embedded in us and what sort of steps can we take to guard against someone taking advantage of these strings or these buttons that are kind of inherent to us all. So I do a um, leadership podcast. I've been doing it about five years with a good friend of mine. And this is one of the first topics we did in that podcast. And the thing that struck me about this book was the term reciprocity. Yeah. And what I realized was I had either heard about it been told it or had done it pretty much all my life. Literally going back to, I can still remember college, a a guy in my fraternity told me, you're only going to get back as much as you put in here. And all the way forward to a friend of mine, one of our colleagues named Russ Berlin, who's been a chief compliance officer at a couple of companies before COVID, his biggest trick was he always took pizza to meetings. Smart. And so he he said he started every meeting with a pizza. It broke the ice and it was reciprocity because he was giving something away. That's right. And through my career as really a commentator in compliance, I take the position that I will give anything I have to anyone for any reason at any time. I'm the same way. 
Yeah, I'm not going to charge for blogs. I'm not going to charge for right. articles. I'm not going to charge for forms. I'm not going to do any of that. And that has brought me not only a ton of goodwill, but that that has actually helped position me as a leader. Yeah, right. And Aldini was the one who taught me that. I understood that generating a, a deep well of goodwill, yep. but I had not understood that in terms of leadership. So that to me is something that I try to talk about when I talk about leadership is is really reciprocity. What did you find the most useful, helpful, or, or insightful? So if I can go back to that reciprocity thing, I mean, it's so powerful. What you just described is kind of resonates deeply with me. Like I was getting chills as you were describing it because like my kind of governing mantra is you can get everything in life if you help enough other people get what they want. So that's that basis of leadership. That's that others focus. That's putting others before yourself and you know selflessly kind of helping them meet their needs. That's kind of the positive side of reciprocity. What I took away from a lot in this book is kind of opening my eyes to how people try to game reciprocity in us because we're all kind of wired for it, right? And someone brings you a casserole when you move into a neighborhood, That's res- they're kicking off that reciprocity thing. So when they need to come and buy- borrow an egg, you're going to give it to them, right? That's a super powerful one. And it's interesting how the fixed mindset ends up trickling in to a lot of people in whatever game we're talking about that prevents them from engaging in the reciprocity that ends up opening these doors, not even from a selfish perspective, but from a helping the world perspective, right? Like, anyways, I can go on and on about that. And I endorse your not charging for blogs. But, you know, the big takeaways from this book for me were that the world is too complex for us to actually process all the stimulus that we're bombarded with all the time, right? So we build up these shortcuts and these shortcuts basically allow us to make decisions more quickly with without, you know, exhausting our, our brain. So he talks about six different kind of principles of influence in here, and I'll just run through them pretty quickly. And then I'll dive into like my, my favorite ones or the ones I think are, are most valuable. So when we talked about reciprocity, that's giving value, giving a free trial, something like that. Commitment and consistency is the second one. So we want to be internally consistent. Social proof is the third one. So when we're unsure about stuff, we're going to look, we're going to look for social proof to kind of get our bearings. The next one is liking. We tend to vote for people we like. We tend to buy things from people we like. So similarity is a big one. Authority has an outsized kind of weight on our decision-making process. So we tend to sort of outsource to authority or to put a lot of stock in somebody if they're, if they have the authority in whatever they're talking about. And then finally, scarcity. So this is obviously the tendency to desire something that is in short supply. So it's amazing how much of what we do on a day-to-day basis is actually kind of these like deep habitual algorithms that kind of generate our responses. And I think a takeaway is just to be a little bit more on guard of people trying to to take advantage of these things that they can use to influence you. What I really thought was interesting about, you know, again, getting back to that third thing I was talking about before, this, this noble cause that we're going after of trying to get, you know, compliance to be more influential in their own organizations. An interesting thing is that this entire book talks about compliance professionals. And so it's kind of a a synonymous term to obviously the industry that we're in, but he's talking about compliance professionals as the people who are good at kind of pushing the buttons and pulling the strings to get you to comply with their requests. And what I like is kind of the broadening or the added dimension that incorporating that aspect of this title to the ethics and compliance market helps open our mind to part of our job is getting people to comply with our requests. We should have a bunch of influence arrows in our quiver next to the, you know, regulation understanding and what, and, you know, next to those sort of hard skills 
because those are the things that are really going to separate us. And, you know, I would even go as far as to say, Tom, I mean, you kind of said it yourself, but the influence pieces of the Tom Fox equation are what has caused that rocket ship to go up. I mean, obviously the table stakes are you need to be smart on on the compliance game and be able to get down to those kind of nitty gritty details. But the thing that's turned you into a thought leader was leading into some of these influence things. And they're really very simple. And we really do them, you know, we do them with our neighbors all the time. Just bringing some of that natural stuff into our workplaces can really unlock a lot of value, I think. From the leadership perspective, I found that this book was one of the most helpful I read to actually give a leader or someone who wants to be a business leader uh, specific action steps they can take. Did you find that uh, for it to work as a practical guide as well? You know, I guess I didn't really think about it in that way. I took it more as like a mosaic of these are different kind of strings to pluck with people when you're trying to be more influential. And I think a lot of that translated into the leadership perspective, because that's always kind of one of the things that I'm thinking about, like, how can Gio and I be better leaders to our team? When we came into this company, we upended the company in a lot of ways. You know, we added some new gears to the engine and we're definitely running faster than we ever had historically. And in doing that, there's a lot of inevitable hemming and hawing that you have to deal with. And the way to deal with it is not just throw the flowers out of the garden. It's give people a new way to look at things. I think I got it a little bit less directly, a little bit more of an indirect way. This is probably one of the books I've like used the most this year in terms of how we deal with people, how we deal with sales discussions, how we do marketing, you know, things like that. So Nick, unfortunately, we're near the end of our time for this episode, but I hope our listeners will join us again tomorrow where we take up The Culture Map by Aaron Meyer. If you want to stay up to date on the latest innovations in compliance and help your business run more efficiently, subscribe to this podcast and help spread the word by leaving a review.